three, two, one. Uh, what's your band's name? Us? No, the other band I'm looking at right now. The Bangers? The Moody Boys. Generation Smoke. Oh, you guys. so new bands do you have for me? This is this cool band. I saw him over the weekend. I think you're gonna like it. You guys want any uh, coffee or uh, booze? Oh yeah, I'll take some booze. What'd you guys get up to last night? Uh, he went straight home after the show. Do a little drinking. <laughs> How old are you? He's 21. 21. Do you think it's fine that I'm not like 21? Yeah, dude, we're here. So we're here with Grant McCord, writer-director of Teenage Badass, and Chucky Duff, the executive producer of Teenage Badass. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Doing well. Doing good. All right. Thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, you've made a lot of feature films, right? Yeah. No. Old hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how many feature films have you guys made? I've made one. And how many South by Southwest uh, entries, awards, uh, what do you call it? Uh, how many times have you gotten into South by Southwest Film Festival? One time. And that's pretty normal, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so well, what do you think got you guys in there that quickly? And, you know, it's your first feature film. Uh, and that was that your aspiration to get into a film festival? What did it just yeah, happen? The, the aspiration was definitely to get into, um, you know, the biggest film festival we could hope for. And I think, you know, with, with this specific movie, it, you know, I, I was talking earlier and I'm like, I moved too often to be in a band in 2006 when this movie takes place. And so I, when I was doing an interview for them, I literally said like, this, this movie only should, uh, should premiere here. It's just such a, it's such an Austin movie, I feel. So let's go back to that. So you came up with this idea when you lived in Austin? Tell me about that. No, no. It, the idea came to me um, just in, you know, being inspired by films like, you know, like that thing you do. And uh, as a musician uh, playing for all these years, I was like, man, I've never seen a movie that, you know, was my experience. And then Chucky and I sort of, we would sort of, you know, moan about our old experiences in bands, and we realized that we had a lot of the same uh, bones to pick. So, for people who haven't been in bands, famous or not famous, kind of Chucky, tell us what that's like. Yeah, I think I mean the the fun thing about the movie is just showing all the non glamorous parts of being in a band, all the shit and all the yeah, the. Yeah. the all the, all the weird personalities you have to deal with and all the problems you have. And, you know, 2% of your life, even as a successful band, even as a, you know, uh, a popular band, 2% of your life is getting to be creative and getting to play in front of people. And the rest of it is dealing with personalities and scheduling things yeah. and running a, running a business. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's, um, we just wanted to kind of pull the curtain back and show like how difficult it is to be in a band and how, it is to succeed 
So yeah, it's cool to be in a band, even if you have another job, right? And you get to be in a band on the weekends, but it's not as glamorous as as it might seem, right? Because you are basically babysitting or dealing with personalities. Is that kind of what this is about? Yeah, and I think too, it's like the very nature of it where usually you have one or two people writing a majority of the songs and then, but you're marketing it as a group, right? But the group doesn't have equal representation. So a lot of what we dealt with was and I think what this movie speaks to is you can be showing up, you can be working hard, you can be figuring out your stuff and being loyal to this, uh, this small business run by uh, uh, young friends, but it ultimately all rides on the guy that writes the music and it will always be about him. And that's what we, as these, you know, a company instrumentation, Chucky and I, Chucky playing bass, myself playing drums, we were like, we're, you know, we're the older guys sitting around, you know, being like, oh, the reason it didn't work out for us is because of this, right? And because of that guy, if it wasn't for that guy, right? And so we were like, let's make a movie about that guy. Tell me about that guy. What What is that guy like, typically? <laughs> well, I think the problem is, you know, the, the creativity and the genius usually comes from Trump, mental instability, you know, like, like these, these yeah, artists, yeah. they're artists, you know? And I think, I don't think Grant and I being in bands ever probably, oh, I won't speak for Grant, but I never considered myself an artist. I consider myself a musician and I like Oh, bands. I'm an artist. <laughs> I am nothing but an, an artist. Not, visa, not yeah. vis-a-vis the movie, but vis-a-vis yeah, yeah. the band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, it's not your art. You find this person making great mm-hmm. art and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to support that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play mm-hmm. bass. I'm going to art. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help push this thing. That, that I couldn't create, but as a group, maybe we can figure out. But of course, you're at the mercy of the guy that writes a great song one week, and the next week, he's like, I don't really yeah. feel the emotions that I felt about that song last week, yeah. and we're never going to play it again. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's and like, well, like, shit, it, it was good well, last everybody week. Everybody loved right? that song. Yeah, that's a great song, dude. Are you sure you want to do that? You know, it was, you know, and so I think for us to be, you know, Chuck and I are both cinephiles, and we were just sort of thinking about uh what's a movie that we think would be a lot of fun you know we were trying to make a fun uh a fun thing and when we when when we found evan ultra who ended up being playing the main uh character and also writing all of the songs uh he has 12 songs featured in the film so we will release at some point an entire record of original content which is kind of unheard of there's actually never a time in the film where you hear them singing and it's not him he actually plays every single instrument you hear that's not score so he's this we found this lightning in a bottle type guy and trusted him with the ability to also pull off the acting Um, because chucky and i had talked about doing this idea with people we've met along our journey as musicians and for whatever reason, it, it didn't always line up. And so we thought, well, until we find this unicorn, the idea might not ever happen. Yeah, I think to me, the the biggest, sorry, the biggest miracle was, was Gip Corrigan. You know, mm-hmm. we were, I don't know how many days of shooting we had, maybe left of shooting, and we did his the role cast. And uh, it was, what, about a week out, Kevin Corrigan agreed to be in our movie and came for the last three days of shooting. And I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen if he didn't say yes. There was, there was yeah, not really like, a backup. And he, he's, you know, one of my favorite actors um, 
ever. And so to 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 have him kind of come in and 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 do that thing was already crazy enough. But when he when he first came on set, I was uh, you know making small talk in between um, setups, and I just said like, "Hey, have you ever been to Phoenix before?" And he was like, "You know, you're not going to believe this, but the last time I was in Phoenix." I was shooting a movie just like this where I was the guitarist and they had some old guy that was the old guy and now I'm the old guy. And we had, unbeknownst to us, he did a movie in 1996 called Bandwagon where he played the guitarist of a similar age as the guys in Phoenix Badass. And it is eerily uh, uh, akin to the vibe, tone, uh, story that we were going for with Phoenix Badass. And so, I mean, it doesn't take rocket science, uh, rocket science to believe that that's why he did it, right? He he was like, holy shit, this is crazy that it's coming full circle. Now I'm the old guy. I've got to do this. And I think you can tell from the movie, it just works perfectly. Great. Um, so you guys are talking right now like seasoned feature filmmakers and i would say by this point maybe you are after one feature film and going through a lot of stuff but for people listening who just want to make that first feature film or even just fund it like you did chucky i mean that takes a lot of balls and to take the time to write it and cast it and grant for you grant and everything else i mean you guys are making it sound easy but it's not easy any tips you have for people who just want to say just, we just want to go make our first feature. How do we do it? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, for me, this, this wasn't, this was about the content. And I think for, for, for Grant, I won't speak for him, but to be able to write it, you know, you have to, you have to give a, sh you have to give a shit about what you're doing, yeah. you know? And for me, it was like, I've been in bands my whole life and some, I've tasted success and I, I just, I just had a real connection with it, real connection with the material. And also it's shot here in Phoenix and that was important to me. Like Phoenix is where I grew up and I've been, you know, I've tried to tried to stay here and make it a, make it a better place. And so I think uh, it sounds, it sounds trite, but like make sure you're passionate about your, you got to make sure you're yeah. telling a story where you have, where you have a voice. Yeah. Grant clearly had something to say in this movie and, 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 and I had something to say too. And that's why I wanted to be involved. I wanted to say Phoenix is an interesting player music culture here going on and also like in a band might not might not be what you think it is and and even to some degree i think grant agrees it's a cocktail for for people starting bands to you know clarify who owns what and clarify yeah. what the roles are and not get yourself in a situation where you where you followed a genius up to the point of success and he says well cool i don't need you now uh -huh. and that that happens a lot uh-huh let's go a little bit deeper because again people watching this that I think they are passionate about their material and wanting to make a feature film, but what makes you go, okay, we're going to do it. Let's just do it. Chucky and I made two, three different short films and I think four different music videos uh, before we got to Teenage Badass. So there was rapport that was built on a much smaller scale of, I like what you're doing. I like your ideas. My thing has been that with Chucky, uh, he doesn't have bad ideas. And it's not just me. I, I, if he did, I wouldn't want to like do anything because it would just make it harder on me because I'd have to be arguing all the time. But I think at some point we realized we like the same things. 
We think the cut should be the same as, yeah, that's cut it there. Okay, great. Wow. I wouldn't have thought about that. I like that more. We just, we're just on this wavelength. So I think that makes it easier for him to trust me and to know that from my perspective as the director, the, one of the greatest skill sets that you have to have is understanding how to make the best out of what you get at the end of the day, right? From the editing perspective. And obviously it makes it a thousand trillion times better with somebody like Zach, right? At Manly, right? That experience is because he's so fast, he has great ideas, and he just understands what you're saying. Okay, makes it a thousand times better. But I still have to know what's good and what's not. It's basically like you're watching and you're making a bad movie a good movie. And every single detail that you see that's bad needs to be changed. Can't stay. So if you have to figure out a way to get rid of everything that makes it a bad movie, and then hopefully you're left over with just a good, just a good movie. But I would say that making whatever you can with whatever you can leads there right at some point hopefully you do find that person that wants to make three or four short films that wants to make multiple music videos like i did a music video for chucky's band in the last like few years so we also had that where it was like we know what we like we know what we don't like um and i think that's important in talking about the overnight success stories yeah right? and i, I think that, so what i'm hearing is um, this is really similar to building a band kind of, right? I mean, you find people that you have a good rapport with you, you, you do take yeah. little baby steps, make a song here, a song there. And then all, then you go, okay, we're going to make a hit song or we're going to make a feature film now. Yeah. And people, and you surround yourself with people you can trust and hope that somebody doesn't go prima donna on you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, it's not like Grant and I decided to make our first feature film, a, a sci-fi epic. You know, I think I think working with, you know, understanding what what you have at your disposal that will work. And we have friends who right. are in bands and we have yep. locations that we can shoot at yep. because we we know where the mu musicians hang out. We know what's yep. going to look right for our right story. about what you know, right about what you know. Yeah, right? It, but also right use, about what you have. Right. Use your resources. Figure out, yeah. you know, like what, what what might I have access to that would be expensive for somebody else? My friend yeah. is going to do it as a favor. So so many of these locations we landed on, you know, we say, hey, hey, well, let us film at your place. You know, it was like a favor. They don't know 40 people are going to show up. We burned that bridge. We're never going to be able to do yeah. that again. But we we all these resources. And so I think maybe there's some degree of just looking at what your resources are and how could that play into the kind of film you could make well, as opposed to yeah reaching you know you got to make every dollar get on screen somehow right and what happens i think even with us i think we we made too big of a movie that we had money for we shot it in a way that no one in the right mind would do it because you got to go faster than that but you know we pulled it off in a way that worked with our resources and tried to make it as classic as possible while knowing what all can we make happen in this warehouse? We're making a kid's bedroom in a warehouse. We're making a rehab room in a warehouse. We're making a TV studio in a warehouse. We're making a funeral in a warehouse. Like every single thing we can make. And honestly, it speaks to um, Anthony DiMaria and Jeff DeCousin to be able to uh, put together all of those resources that we had locally and schedule them correctly to set us up to succeed. Because there's such a live performance element of all this it's that's what makes it different than recording a record 
because we can go back in and we can kick out the guitarist and we can get an all new guitarist to come in and, until the cows come home. We can literally do that a dozen times until we like it. We can't do that here. You're doing a live dance in the middle of a city with dangers and limitations and time constraints. You have to have a group of people that set you up to succeed. So talking about resources, my favorite thing about this film is that it was shot in my city and your city, uh, the Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, did you ever have regrets about that? Or did you think, okay, or did you ever have fears that, oh, we, can we really shoot this in Phoenix, Arizona? I, I don't think so because it was, it was part of the plan from the beginning. I mean, part of the reason that I came onto the project and, and funded it was that I wanted it to be about Phoenix. I wanted it to be about Phoenix in the same way great detective novels are about Los Angeles. Exactly. You know, that it's just a, it's a fabric. It's part of the fabric. It's part of the story. And I think Grant and I know Phoenix and it made the whole thing more realistic uh, and, and connect better because these are places we feel comfortable. These are places yeah. we've, we've spent time uh, and, and experienced. And I think you know, it, the, the percentage of our budget that we spent on locations is a joke compared to any other movie. I mean, this mm -hmm. movie would have cost, if we'd gone to Los Angeles or gone anywhere where we didn't have friends helping us out, the movie could have cost three times as much just, yeah. just on, loca on location, yeah. you know? So yeah. again, I think it goes back to using those resources and, and we, we, we squeeze the resources dry. I think we made, we made a movie that we could not have made uh, without calling in the million favors we called in, including and, our, our yeah. friend Tim, who, who puts right. on a music festival every year, let us shoot the scene at the festival while the crowd was getting ready for the real show. He let our fake fan go up there and shoot uh, just as a favor to us. And so we yeah. get a crowd of people that are there for another show. They're excited and they, mm -hmm. they enjoyed hearing the song and playing along and being part of our movie. And it's just to, to set that up, to pay for those extras, to do that yeah. in a traditional way would have been impossible. Yeah, yeah. And 8123 Fest, yeah, for that to be scheduled that in a way that worked out for our schedule. Not only did it work out like kind of good, it worked out like magically good. And that stuff is just, you know, when it's in the ether, you got to run with it. Yeah. And again, I, I love, you know, I, I live here. So I love seeing the scenes from the different parts. In fact, right here in this building, you shot that the building yeah. I'm sitting in, you shot yeah. a lot of yeah. the movie, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you decided to thank thank you very much to come to Manly Films and, and have yeah. our lead editor, Zach, finish the film for you. Can you tell us why you didn't uh, maybe go somewhere else and have that done? Yeah, I mean, at one point it became pretty apparent that I needed to um, just kind of bring it, over the, bring it over the finish line with various deadlines and, and that kind of thing. And so I was really looking for someone to collaborate with Fresh Eyes and uh, it was interesting because Jeff and Anthony had brought up Zach uh, Bender, uh, your lead editor, originally, and for whatever you know scheduling thing, it didn't work out uh, uh, at the time. But I'm so glad that we circled back because it was one of the best experiences of of post production. And I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. Uh, but seriously, like being able the convenience because see the thing is like you know I've had a day job this entire time right and so it's like to be able to and our offices were right underneath where you guys were and just the convenience of being able to you know come up uh uh from my office be able to even just look at a, a at a bit of color or whatever 
and and for it to be somebody that I trust uh, and hope to work with again. Um, yeah, I, I we we literally wouldn't have completed it in time to uh, to submit. Sort of the kind things that Grant had to say about say about me and the way we work together, we can trust each other to make a decision. I think really quickly Zach became one of those one of our people. I mean, it was it yeah. was like he under he understood what we were trying to get. So after after and for not very long, I feel like he could make decisions that we could come in and look at, or I might be speaking for Grant, but he would make decisions that we'd come in and be like, exactly. You know, right. it's not like, it's not hold his hand. He got what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah. And then yeah. it saved us all a lot of time because he could just do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember coming down to the edit suite uh, one day and you were, you were sitting in there and working on color with Zach Bender. Um, and just the color makes a humongous difference on a film, right? Can Not you talk different. about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you're always sort of um, hoping that you give yourself enough room uh, in the depth of field with the with with, with everything that our our gaffer Bailey did, and and you know, I remember at our at our rap party, he was just like our uh, our gaffer came up to me and he was just like, man, I, you're gonna have a lot of fun with the color, and so I had pretty high expectations uh, from just after shooting, and. The test color was was cool, and then, um, but to be able to come in and for you know like, I'm I'm always impressed with people that sort of eat, breathe, um, the thing that they're into, and so with Zach, it's like he's listening and paying attention to the greats uh, constantly, whether that be going to a, a conference or listening to a, a podcast like on the way in or whatever, and so it felt like there was always things that he was learning that he could use like um, on the day. And then um, at one point, you know, I, I like to push things pretty extreme color wise. Uh, I like it to almost feel um, surreal. And so for him to be able to like do that, but then also be able to adjust when um, everyone's like, holy shit, that looks, too insane and I'm like really and they're like yeah and I'm like okay well let's do this 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 and for him to be able to do both you know what I mean and to not to not get overwhelmed by the process because I think what is what's extraordinary about this and you could say the same thing about editing a record is that there are uh, uh, infinite amount of possibilities infinite amount of cuts infinite amount of um, color palettes whatever and You've got to find the people that are trying. We're all trying to make the same movie, and Zach was one of those people. And I will say this about Zach, since he's been with Manly Films for almost four years, so I know him pretty well by now. He's the complete opposite of Kirk. <laughs> I would say he I has say, no yeah, no ego or anything whatsoever, right? Uh, so I'm I'm sure that ex experience is very calm. No, uh, yeah, Zach's like a Horace slave. And when you've watched the movie, that'll make more sense. <laughs> so back to um, back to the movie real quick. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting, and I remember uh, Jeff and Anthony telling me this when you guys were first starting out, was, um, you know, you didn't really have any names in this movie. But one thing you did do is you got a few people who folks might know or like Ray Liotta's daughter and then you got Jim Adkins from Jimmy World to do a cameo is that a tip you would give to first-time filmmakers um I would say through this entire process <clears throat> what Chucky and I have learned is that 
Um, having recognizable names is 100% the entire point of everything. And if you can't do that, it's virtually impossible to get your film out there. And although that wasn't like the reason we picked everyone that we picked, we were interested in the best people doing the best thing. It just helps that the best people also are our names usually you know what i mean and and that you find the right concoction of who are all the people that we're going to need to assemble um not just for name recognition uh, not only for name recognition but for like the talent to actually be able to pull off the script that was written and so i think we did that in a number of ways and jim showing up uh and making a cameo was amazing he has a had a long relationship with Chucky and Bob, and so Jim Adkins um, from Jimmy. Eat World, yeah, right? so yeah. so that was a that was a definitely a bucket list uh, moment for 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 us. I can say because he's the Phoenix guy. Yeah. yeah, and it's another way. I think it's another way in which we reflected some reality in our movie because Jimmy World has always been great about taking young local talent on tour, including a band I was in at one point. Like they're very Phoenix focused, and so. You know, to have them in the movie and give them a nod for being yeah. Phoenix heroes, I mean, it, it meant a lot to us to, to get Jim and have him be involved. And I will say that those that are, are more um, in the know about, like, Jim and how he is as the songwriter, he is, he's also the opposite of Kurt. <laughs> and so to have that guy represent the opposite, right, uh, I think is a cool meta thing. Couple more questions. Just going back to Phoenix again. This is again my favorite part of the movie is that this was yeah. shot in the Phoenix area. Um, do you feel like there could or should be more movies shot here? And if so, why? Well, you know, Phoenix is an interesting place because we're we're a very large city and 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 sometimes it feels like maybe the arts and culture and entertainment is, is not quite at the level of the size of size of our city. And so I think that uh, I think more stuff should be shot here. And I think yeah. there's a, I mean, there's technical things. There's there's the tax environment and some issues that aren't so um, helpful for for the way that certain other states have set up tax incentives and structures to do that. Um, but I do think there's a lot of untapped resources here, and and we found them. A lot of excitement here about movie making yeah. uh, because it is novel because not a lot of people do it. So I think that I think that. Um, it, it's a beautiful place. Right. We have great weather, outdoors. right? Eight months out of the year, we have yeah, perfect I mean, weather. The, I think, yeah, the pr some yeah. of the prettiest shots in the whole movie are here in Phoenix in, in January, which is about as beautiful as it gets. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think so. Yeah, it was an absolutely gorgeous place to film uh, from January to February. And I will say that I... I 100% think that more movies need to be made here. I'm writing more movies to be um, filmed here, and I wouldn't mind being um, the Phoenix guy. And I think, you know, we earlier on when we were saying, you know, going out to people saying, hey, we're going to make this indie movie in Phoenix, there was a little bit of like, Phoenix isn't cool, right? And, and so I think it's also important for me in this movie to have sort of doubled down on that yeah. a little bit of not shying away from the fact that it's Phoenix. We're not trying to say like, Oh, this is somewhere else. And we don't want to say it's Phoenix. It's very important that we say that it's Phoenix so that 
um, others realize that like, oh, it is cool. Like we control the narrative. Great. So last question, the big thing everybody's waiting for, where can we see it? And when can we see it? the movie Teenage Badass? Um, September 18th on VOD, uh, so iTunes, uh, Amazon, DirecTV, anywhere you can rent movies. And where's the trailer at right now? Where can I see that? Um, you can go to teenagebass.com or styloandthemurderdogs.com and both have a link to the trailer. And Stylo and the Murder Dogs is the name of the band in the movie, right? That's the main, name of the band, yeah. And if you're fast, you can get a shirt. Yeah, there's some t-shirts. And if you want to hear music from the movie, you can get it on Spotify, just Stylo yeah. and the Murder Dogs. You can hear, uh, we've got one song released. Uh, there's another one coming out the same day as the movie. And then eventually the whole record will be up there. Yeah. It's just awesome to have a feature film of this caliber shot and edited in Phoenix, Arizona and in the Valley. And uh, well done, you guys. I'm really, really proud of you. Really happy for you. Can't wait for the Thanks. release on September 18th on VOD. Yep. And the trailer's yep. out there right now. If you want to see it, teenagebadass.com. Yep. Uh, guys, here's to the next one. Yeah, here's to the next one, and congratulations. Hey, hey, I know you. Have we met before? Ha uh ha. -huh. That's Melanie. She's a nasty little kitten. I'm a cat person. <laughs> There's also Kirk. He's our lead singer. She okay? Yes, she's fine. He can be a little, you know, the talent. What the hell is going on here? We lost Kirk. You lost Kirk? What do you look like a little kid in the mall? Go find him. When you get a shot at something like you got right now, you gotta make it happen. We'll find him. Count it off, dude. You don't have a microphone. All right. One, two, three.